Hi, I'm Maureen Spielman, and this is Mystical Sisterhood. I'm a soul care coach and lifelong learner committed to creating conscious conversations around joy and healing. Each week, I'll host healers, intuitives, and other courageous women doing the necessary work of reclaiming our worthiness, honoring our intuition, and letting the light in so we can more clearly see the light in others and ourselves. My intention is to plant the seeds that lead to insights and revelations for you, the listener. Please join me in building this global magical sisterhood. And thanks for being here. So welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. Today's guest is the amazing Nani Langenstein. I met Nani in my Conscious Parenting Institute with Dr. Shafali Sabari. We've worked together extensively since that time. And not only have I gotten to know her soul on a professional level, I've been able to get to know you personally too, Nani. And wow, I've got to say what she brings to this world is an openness to healing, a willingness to keep learning and hold all those around her in the highest regard. I know her to have a commitment to interconnection and ultimately inner transformation. So let me tell you a little bit more about Nani. She spent many years as a successful engineer in the avionics industry. After leaving engineering, she felt drawn to discovering more about the principles of consciousness in soul care teachings. Those principles not only resulted in her own deep healing and self-discovery, but in her healing relationships with her daughters. She now uses these principles to coach others who are seeking healing with themselves and with others. So welcome, Nani. Wow, thank you. That was a wonderful introduction. <laughs> I'm hard to hard to pop that. So thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Oh, you're so welcome. And we're here today talking about consciously raising adult children, a mm-hmm. topic that you've been talking about uh, putting out into the world for a while. Mm-hmm. And it blows me away to think about this topic of consciously raising adult children because we know that so much of our literature and information about there is for young children and how we raise them from birth to even 18 when they might go to college. But we are talking about, even though we didn't set out an age range, really our adult children. So think of it 18 plus, 21 plus, whatever comes to mind. Um, and I think you and I both believe that it's never late, too late as parents to learn new skills, that change is possible, transformation is possible, and that it takes a patience and willingness to do the work. So welcome here today. And if you want to tell us a little bit more before we start talking about consciously raising adult children about your background and what you did before you came into the coaching world and what drew you to the coaching world. Yeah, well, um, I'd, I'd imagine if um, not the furthest that engineering is <laughs> very vastly different than where I am right now and where my passions lead me right now. Um, you know, engineering is a very process, a very linear uh, field, and especially avionics where you're creating equipment um, that literally the safety of others is dependent on. Um, so there's not a lot of, of room for, you know, um, consciousness and whatever. Um, 
you know, but really I came, um, I came into sort of consciousness and that, um, that approach, um, kind of randomly, um, I was, um, um, just happened to be listening to the radio. I had been having some difficulties, challenges with my teenage and, um, you know, adult college age daughters, um, you know, and what I was doing just wasn't uh, working. I was taking them to counselors and saying, basically, how do you, how do we, how do we help them <laughs> to work with me better? Because of course, you know, I'm doing everything I can as a mother. Um, and then I heard this conscious way of thinking and it just, um, just made so much sense to me. And, um, started really eagerly seeking and, um, you know, I left the engineering field and just continued uh, to find that passion in the consciousness and the soul care aspects of healing, not only my relationship with my daughters, but realizing that really it had to start with my healing within. So that's kind of the story of how um, I got on this path and um and I'll just say you know we're still on our path but my relationships to end with myself and my daughters is drastically transformed by applying these principles so wow. I've seen how they work yeah I love that so much it's a beautiful story and uh so so intentional this place of kind of honoring and intentionality we move into when we're even willing to consider that we have something to learn. And I love that because what you're just saying is um, that all roads lead back to us. And um, when you began that path of knowing that you also maybe had some work to do, do you remember what some of your beginning revelations were? You know, I think, um, I, you know, like I said, uh, I went into um, my daughter, my youngest daughter, I went into a, her counseling session and just basically was like, look, this is what she's doing. This is what she's doing. You know, how do we help her? Um, you know, uh and it was just sort of, uh, it was um, a little overwhelming when I recognized like, oh, I'm coming to her with emotion. Yeah. I'm coming to her um, with my agenda. Mm -hmm. And how do I begin to work with myself and take care of myself so that I can show up to her in a different way? Mm -hmm. And um, that was really transformative and just began this eagerness um, and this passion of just searching of like, okay, how do I take care of myself? And um, that, that was really the most uh, transformative part of, of that. I love journey. that. Yeah. And we just, uh, we go about having children. Uh, Dr. Shafali had kind of taught us somewhat unconsciously. Not yeah. for all of us. That's not true for all of us, but for many of us. So when we enter the parenting relationship with our child, we absolutely have no roadmap. And, you know, now there are so many more books 
but a lot is trial by fire with parenting. We all know that, that it's a, it's one of the toughest jobs, if not the most challenging, (laughs) Um, I'll speak from my own experience that I've, uh, that I've been through, but that we also don't always realize when we begin that journey that we're bringing our whole past with us and that our past really informs how parenting plays out for us, the way that we view our role, maybe, maybe if there's hierarchy in there, maybe if there's things like I'm right, or there's something to fix here um, in how our children are showing up. But I, that was a big revelation for me is when I figured out that I was recruiting a lot of what was maybe Uh, I want to say what happened to me in my childhood, that they form my belief systems. But I also knew that it was something was incongruent with how I really wanted to parent. And I think Mm -hmm. that's sort of interesting uh, that we do have a knowing inside that, that look at this, it doesn't matter when we begin to realize this, we can have many years of parenting under our belt, but that fire can come alive of something new at any point. So those were just like a couple different avenues, but thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I think a lot of us enter in uh, to parenthood with these um, idealistic expectations of, of how it's going to go. Um, but our, you know, very few of us recognize that our children will be our, biggest features mm-hmm. um or certainly one of them um and we'll be challenged in ways that we uh just didn't expect and as a mm-hmm. teacher um you know as you're kind of uh speaking to when you grow up and all of us have something that we're bringing in um that that maybe needs some attention within from our childhood um, you know, I had a fairly, you know, challenging childhood. And, um, and part of that was like, I wanted my children above all to be happy, right? That was my big goal. And so when they were unhappy, that triggered this need within me to be happy, them to be happy, and the fixing kicked in, right? That's when the kick, the fixing kicks in. And, you know, you don't even realize that you're sort of, while my intention was to not have my children suffer through the the things that I did and have the wounds that I did, mm-hmm. in actuality, I gave them a lot of that stuff by a different method, you know, by, by the intense need mm-hmm. to fix. It just became, and other things, you know, it just became... Um, they still ended up with some of those those wounds. And, um, you know, our, our children will resist at some point in time. They will resist um, the fixing, you know. Yeah. yeah. And um, they, they, they uh, crave autonomy, especially in the older, um, as they get into the teens and into the adulthood, for sure. So, um, mm-hmm. so that doesn't, that causes conflict for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm sitting here thinking, you know, the title of our chat today is that consciously raising our adult children. Right. So we've kind of inadvertently talked about our ways 
that we considered ourselves unconscious, right? Maybe I I mentioned the one of I'm bigger, stronger than you are, sort of a hierarchy. You mentioned like the fixing and looking outward, even looking outward to others to help sort of find the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is an awakening. So if we say like, what is consciousness around this? I think of it is an awakening within us that something more is possible. And you named that we as parents might be part of that um, call for change to look at, to look at ourselves. Um, But what does that consciousness kind of mean to you? Um, Well, consciousness to me um, means that um, I have a higher, I have the ability to have a higher level of thinking. Mm -hmm. And um, I can look at my challenges. I can look at my wounds and have a different perspective to them, but they aren't who I am. Mm -hmm. And um, so it gives you that perspective of, of um, who you are and that who, who you are in essence doesn't really need fixing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And um, it may need healing for sure. There may be aspects of you that definitely need healing. Uh, but ultimately you are whole, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So, yeah, I love that. It makes me about want to cry um, because it's, it has such beauty in that kind of coming from this higher place, knowing that we can, can, I think that you and I have done so much of this study and, and work and, and sort of self-focus too, that we know transfer transformation is wholly possible. Mm. And, um, and you mentioned seeing your own wholeness, seeing that everything that comes before us is not bad or wrong. It, it occurred and it, and so many times it was incredibly painful for so many Mm. of us yet it led us to where we are today and that, that sort of path that we're finding and more of this, more of this message is beginning to spread Mm -hmm. um, because it's the healing that people need. I love what you said about, I don't need fixing. I may need healing. It may be calling for healing. That right there is so beautiful Mm -hmm. Um, because to me, that when I think about a fixing energy, that's a little bit harsher. It's like, there is something wrong here. How are we going to fix it? How are we going to make it whole? And then the healing is so much softer. It holds, um, so it has more space for the healing, more expansive, and it feels compassionate to me. Yeah. And I, I like what you said there. I mean, uh, too, um, having sort of this conscious awareness doesn't mean that there isn't pain too mm-hmm. um and things to deal with you know but it it allows for acceptance and accepting that something might be painful and it also opens up to see that in those around us right 
I mean, when we understand a language, we're able to communicate that to others. And while um, I would say with, um, you know, my children at any age, they would have been, um, you know, I would have thought myself as loving and compassionate and um, accepting, but I can, I have access to that at, um, at an even, you know, a more abundance mm. in more abundance and limitlessness in um, accessing that for myself and then being able to have that to available to offer those around me. I love it. And so what I'm thinking of when you're speaking is, okay, how can we as individuals start nourishing ourselves with the language um, I think, uh, I'm thinking right now about how many times in parenting it can be so natural for us to go back to what's happened in the past mm. and say, well, I showed up this way. You know, I remember the time that I, you know, was yelling at my child or just in, mm. engaged in conflict. And I think so often we have these ways of attaching to that and making ourselves feel um, some shame, feel bad, feel like it's our fault. But I often think in doing this work, we have to give so much self-forgiveness to begin, to begin this process um, of having a new intentionality around connection mm. and the possibility of what can be. Mm -hmm. um, even if the, even if, you know, as, as we're talking about adult relationships is sometimes they have become more disconnected. And so, um, but just the importance of noticing the awareness, how we always hear it starts with awareness, but it is true how mm. our voices come to us, how we self shame, how we self judge and how, when we're talking about a new path, that there's not a whole lot of room for that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> you know, for both of us with older children, I mean, we can look back and we can certainly see times that we now would have chosen a different way um, to approach our parenting. Mm -hmm. um, certainly, I, um, I, I have uh, many things, but, um, you know, um, forgiveness is a big part of it but also understanding like we don't go into parenting and we weren't in those places of parenting thinking oh I I really want to have an unconscious way of dealing with my children or you know this isn't we what we know at the time is what we do and having some understanding and some compassion for um for that um is the beginning i think of forgiving and and to see that um you know that's part of consciousness i think is understanding that the present moment is the moment that you can be acting on um it isn't about the past and it isn't about projecting mm -hmm. what is the future. It is mm -hmm. allowing what is for you in this moment and allowing that 
possibility to be its own. So to truly be in the present moment, you're saying is releasing what came before, releasing what's going to come after, because we don't know that anyway. And when we project into the future, it's probably based on what we've experienced in the past. So then again, that, that kind of willingness to be in the present, which always feels to me like time slowing down when we allow ourselves that, but when we can be in the present moment and look at what's in front of us, then that almost allows us to see with new eyes. That's a, that's a beautifully said. I, um, I love the way that you just said that. Yeah. And, um, and allowing for our children, allowing that for ourselves and allowing mm. that for the, our children as well. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like that so much because I love it so much because we would want that presence and that being and that letting go of the past and not projecting to the future to be afforded for us too in yeah. our relationships. And that's an interesting thing because what makes our children any different than the way that we would handle a friendship with um, a friend or uh, you know, a partner? It, it's just like- yeah. It's almost like the graciousness that we can give to another human who's so clearly on their own path. Um, yeah, what comes to mind? I see you. Yeah, I mean, I think about too, like uh, this this need to not need, but this desire to forgive self first. Mm-hmm. It, it it is important in our relationships mm-hmm. with our mm-hmm. children, right? And I think it's Gabor Mate who talks about like you know his son said to him you know, I don't want to be your problem. I don't want to be your mistake. You know, he wants to be seen for who Mm. he is in that Mm -hmm. moment. And when we're coming to our children with all of that guilt and judgment, um, we are, they will feel it, whether it's in our words and our energy, um, they will feel that. And um, so, so working with that on ourselves, for ourselves mm. and healing it within ourselves is the way to begin to not put that on our children. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So the question that comes to mind to me to almost ask ourselves is one of them would be, am I willing to see myself as whole? Am I willing to see myself as not in need of fixing, but healing? Yes. And what might I need to heal within me that I project onto my children, that I project onto another? Those are some beginning questions that come to my mind when we begin to do the inner reflective work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is counterintuitive until you begin the work, right? And um, that that it begins within us. Mm-hmm. And once we, can, and it, honestly, it stays with us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It never leaves. Mm-hmm. It is all our work. And um, and when we continue that work, that will that will radiate our outward, you know, uh, and um, and that's the that is the way that yes. is the way to develop these 
closer, more connected, more accepting, compassionate relationships with those mm-hmm. around us. Yeah. So I to stay on that part of that inner work, I think is really important because then, you know, perhaps we can move to that outer work of the outer person, you know, our child in that, in in our sort of outside world, but just to really be asking these questions, um, the reflections that you're talking about, and then know that the path is not linear, that we can begin to do the work and still mess up. And it's when we go and we do the work, I've, I've done it tens, if not hundreds of times where I would do something differently from the way I showed up. But, you know, we're lucky to be in conversation with each other, but also to be providing containers for these conversations because people need to know that it's okay to uh, take the 10 steps forward, you know, even if it's 15 steps back. I mean, we, we are always, we're always moving forward, but just, um, you know, when we do have these times where we have an intention to, to show up more fully, but we're not there yet, that that's okay too. That's okay. And just to hold ourselves with love and compassion and, um, know that, know that we, we just the intention of wanting to do the work is putting that out into the universe. So I, yeah, I mean, I, 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 hundred percent agree with what you're saying and it is you know and that's and that's part of that continuing to come back to self and you know and yeah if I lose my temper or if I say something inadvertently even and it's taken the wrong way you know that judgment starts popping up and you know um and that that is a call for you. Mm. That's a call for you and your healing. That's a call mm-hmm. for your compassion, for your understanding, you know, um, that in this moment, you know, what do I need? Yeah. And how, um, how can I offer myself more acceptance yeah. and forgiveness and, um, and that may end up with your children or others saying, you know, um, as Susie Lula says, can I have a do over or, you know, you know, hey, that didn't come out the way that I wanted to, you know, this is yeah. what I really wanted, you know, um, you know, there, there, that may result in action externally. Um, but it begins by first getting yourself back to, you know, um, acceptance and non judgment. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And I, I love that you brought up Susie. We've both done her soul care certification. Mm. And when I think about her teachings, it is the compassionate container. Yeah. And it's also honoring, uh, like you're just saying right now, your own experience. And I almost think of when you talk about not only coming to yourself with that compassion and understanding, but then on the external asking for the repair or the do-over. I love that because I just thought that when we do that, we give that to ourselves too. That's mm-hmm. a gift that we give to ourselves mm-hmm. to repair something that's calling forth from within to be repaired or healed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I mean, um, it may be received and it may not be received. Mm -hmm. And that's not our work, right? Yeah, yes. Um, So we just need to be keep going back within. Like, is this my work? Is there something called of me? There's something needing healing within me and, and release the other or whether it's our child or, or not um, to, to like allow them the possibility of doing their work or, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe not now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Maybe not now, maybe not yet. I love when people put the yet on the end of sentences because it, 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 allows it to happen at whatever time it's meant to happen. That's right. I think some of the principles, one of the biggest ones for me has been in the last few years, I'd say, is truly understanding that the children that came through me brought into the world. And this is true, whether, you know, you have a child, you adopt a child, there's a child you teach that each child is unique, sovereign. They come encoded with their own gifts, talents. Um, They also come with the lessons there to learn in this lifetime. But what that's allowed me to do is to view my own, I'll take my own children as independent of me, of my husband, of each other, and to allow them to sort of walk their path even when it's unconventional, even when it doesn't go with the conventional timeline, I know what I've learned is when I'm having kind of problems with that timeline or with it not fitting into the way that things should fit in our society, that it's my work to do, that I turn the mirror back to myself and I say, well, Maureen, if that's making you frustrated or that's okay, have compassion. It's understandable you were schooled in this way to think that that's not right because it's not, you know, so linear or so, you know, back to the engineering field that doesn't check the box. It doesn't make the grade. It doesn't, it doesn't look like everything else, but that's okay. And it's actually really beautiful too. Yeah. I think it's so important what you're saying. And um, it goes to this notion of success, right? And um, success is defined by who, by culture, by your family, by, you know, um, but, it, you know, what if we considered success to live life authentically, mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. to live life, um, you know, of course, you've got to, you know, sustain yourself in, in yes. society, but does it have to be conventional? You know, mm-hmm. do you have to be conventional? I like this notion of if you know, we're all, um, you know, traveling down the interstate together. And my job is to stay in my lane, you know, we're all going on this interstate. And so, you know, every once in a while, I may have to beat my horn, you're drifting into my lane, or, you know, whatever, but, um, but how do we allow our children to have their own lane mm-hmm. and be with them and traveling yeah. in our own lane. Yeah. 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 I love that so much. I think I used to beat myself up more for 
not knowing these message earlier in my life. Yeah. Now I can be with that and be okay with it. And that is related to, I think, the spiritual teaching of that we do walk these paths, learning the lessons we're meant to learn at the exact right time. Yeah. Um, I feel like I trust in that. Um, but staying in your own lane and giving, affording others that same, mm, this is just a generosity of spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say, you know, they're sovereign, really, you know, especially, you know, you're, you're, you're more tied to their well-being yeah. when they're younger. Right. But how do you say, you know, this is allowing them to be a sovereign being and giving them age appropriately more and more of their own mm-hmm. right to be a sovereign being and not who I expect them to be or my idea of success, but just allowing them to be fully who yeah. they are yeah. and supporting that. Yes. And that comes from first allowing myself to uh-huh to deal with myself and my idea of what their success should be. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think that this has been occurring for a while. It's, it's easy to say that it's occurring now with COVID and the rise of social media anxiety and disconnection for self. But I think that we can see it with older adult children too, because for a long time in our society, it has been about the degree, the grades, the outer success, what, when you're married, when you have children, what your job is, those kind of things. And we've always been able to see that those don't necessarily equate to this thing called happiness or this thing called success. And so, yeah. Can I say too, yeah. that w- when you say that, what that makes me think of it is all of that also gives the impression of you're not enough. Mm-hmm. Right where you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and so you need fixing because you're not quite enough. Yes. Yes. You'll be enough if you do this. Yeah. And it's kind of a funny thing. Um, My youngest is in high school still, a little bit older in high school. But, you know, we talk about all this being. Okay. We want... we. We should just be being, we should be sitting more. We should be contemplating. We should be off our phones. Yet there's a part of parenting when I see my younger child just being, then my mind has been trained to say, that's not enough, right? And so it's a practice of, um, okay, this is your value you're stating. Are you really in alignment with that? Because if I were to truly ask myself, do you know, that they will be okay, even in their being, of course, of course. So I just feel like it's such an important conversation. You could have a whole conversation about culture, but mm-hmm. we were so every day of our life, every we've been in culture, like you said, by either culture, family of or, origin, and uh, it's there. So it's always, it's just with that gentle, compassionate way of approaching ourselves, right? That if we, if we want to look at it, you know, if you do or you don't, that's your decision. But if you want to, it's willing, it's, it's, it's interesting to peel back the layers and say, and then like, say what, what of this is mine and what isn't because you get to say. Yeah. Yeah, It's so interesting. I think, um, uh, I don't know, several months ago, my daughter and I were kind of looking back at our relationship and, 
how it has evolved. And it, it was very, uh, I'd say, toxic, uh, uh, you know, for both of us, honestly. Um, but anyway, we were talking and I said, you know, the thing is, I think that I heard uh, I, in my mind, I heard your parenting mm-hmm. and parenting requires you to be like hands on all the time. Mm-hmm. And I like, what if you substituted parenting for like, what is it I think I should be doing? You know, should I be con- instead of parenting? Oh, I'm controlling. I'm, I'm directing, I, you know, um, yeah. and what if it's like allowing, guiding, mm-hmm. supporting, mm-hmm. encouraging, you know, helping them to stay in their lane, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. while I'm staying in my lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it's absolutely beautiful. And it makes me think of the, um, I always use this example, but when I read the Gary Zukov book years ago, um, I'm forgetting the name right now, but he, he talks about the modern day view of marriage and it is two souls escorting each other interested in each other's highest good yeah and kind of like you're saying taking that path together so what if we viewed our children like that yeah um it is a soul level kind of understanding but that i'm a soul my child is and we're escorting one another and as much as I'm teaching them, they're teaching me. Mm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you were talking about before about this notion of like going back. And of course, you know, we want to go, you know, change things, would have changed yeah. things differently. But what if that is, you know, if you, that's the, you know, mm-hmm. the deep look. But yeah. if you take a higher look, that that is their lessons for life as well so Mm -hmm. um you know of course we want our children to to never have to be um in pain or suffering but that is that is where growth occurs so yeah um, Mm -hmm. yeah i so agree and it makes me think of too uh when we think about our kids and what they might need from us is it simply in in its most basic foundational form they need to feel like they're being heard that they're being seen that uh they matter and that we're willing to take the time to listen i think about that listening piece mm. and how if we consciously go about parenting our kids we're stepping back and we're creating this forum for listening. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's that's right. And you know, I I think it's seeing them in their wholeness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and um and accept accepting them and and knowing they don't they don't need fixing. They just need um us to be a mirror mm-hmm. to show them who they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so as you've been on this journey, obviously just this topic is near and dear to your heart. How has that felt to you? Does it feel like a heart opening as you create the space for something new within you? 
and and is it a gradual process that you almost can't see to the naked eye? Like, how is the process when you start to do this work? Yeah, I mean, first of all, your children are used to seeing you show up in a certain way. <laughs> yeah. um, and so they're, they're in their patterns, just like you've been in your patterns. And so, um, mm. so it, it really is just the gentleness of like, how is this teaching me? I still need healing when they're, they're responding in the way yeah. that they always mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. How do I go take care of myself? How do I, you know, continuously um, and just, con- and just allow yourself to not always be, yeah. you know, yeah. in that space and, and, uh, and just continuing to learn. And it's a, it can be a slow process, but also it's, uh, it, it's, you, you will be, once you begin to see mm-hmm. and notice, they'll slowly change. They'll slowly, as you continue to stay open, oh, I, yeah. I, I see that they continue to slowly open and yeah. they, they will develop mm-hmm. a trust that this is mm-hmm. who you are. So, yeah, that's, that's a beautiful breakdown and kind of description of that because you're, what I hear you saying is that the patterns that we show up with ours take a while to dismantle, to kind of to, to erode a little, to grow new ways of being and theirs will too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, and to give them that space around it. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and really you're, you're going to be noticing, you will be noticing yeah. mm-hmm. the changes within yourself. Yes. And as we've talked about, it may not be linear. Yeah. yeah. But once you notice the changes when, within yourself, mm-hmm. it, it continues to pull you to, yeah. to more and more and more. I love it because uh, what I had just thought of when you were talking was you said the word trust, I think, because that is something that we need to rebuild. So when you are coming with a more compassionate relationship to you and your inner worlds and your thoughts and your beliefs that you've had before and willingness, you're starting to create a trust in yourself and also that, that notion of safety and that you, you, there's a safe place for you to land because if we're beating ourselves up, if we're judging how we've been, that's not very safe. It's not safe on the inside. We don't usually think of it like that. Certainly not safe for those on the outside. So you're kind of talking about rebuilding this relationship with yourself that's um, that's whole, it's listening, it's trustworthy, it's it's willing to be intimate, it's willing to be connected. And then, then when you start to work on those qualities within yourself, they're naturally going to start showing up in the outer relationship. And that's what we're kind of doing. Yeah. We're rebuilding safety and trust. And, you know, a lot of times too, we're having this conversation mother to mother. A lot of times there's another partner in the, in the equation uh, that contributed to the ways things were, but we, at the end of the day, we do our own work and we determine the ways that we want to show up 
and the ways we want to feel, you know, and the kind of life we want to have. And right. I just think it, it just brings it back to, you know, if connection is my highest priority and seeing my children for who they are in their wholeness, those two things right there are just a beautiful, uh, just, just, um, way of being that I'm presenting to another human being, another soul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So as we wrap up here, is there anything Mm -hmm. else that comes to mind that you'd want to share with our listeners today? Um, no, I mean, I think we've covered so much of mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. more than I think that um, I was thinking we'd cover. Um, so it's great. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, it's really um, I think we really sort of n- nailed it in that um, that it begins with just this beautiful relationship with self. Yes. Um, and yes. I, I, I can say for my, my own journey, um, that's the furthest thing that I would have, have thought was Mm -hmm. the way to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I hope if, if any, if nothing else, we've encouraged everyone to just, um, just to start to see, you know, how they need, um, to offer less judgment of themselves mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. more compassion and um yeah just uh just allow that to be um yeah. the way that they show up in for themselves and for others yeah it gives so much um kind of hope potential possibility and you know just as we kind of finish the conversation it also strikes me of what a beautiful um I'm going to use the word responsibility, but when we take on this work, it holds the potential to break the patterns of generations. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people call that the intergenerational change, intergenerational change. And it's, uh, it couldn't be more true because those who came before us came from painful places yet were this, this time uh, in here in 2022, we have a lot of information that's coming to us that's that's we can put into practice to really change how it is going forward. So I mm. just am blown away by that concept. Yeah, I love that. And the other thing I was thinking too is like, you know, the hard part about this is that it's all within us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As, as we've been talking about. And the easiest thing about this is that it's all within us. <laughs> I love right? that so much. Yes. Yes. It's uh it's right within you. It doesn't cost money. Yeah. It's full of uh if we're just talking about the kindness and the compassion and the love and the understanding, it's full of just a warmth and just that energetic vibration that will heal, that is yeah. healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yes. So, mm-hmm. you know, Nani, I want to ask where people can find you if they want to reach out. I'm going to say before you answer that question, that I know you to be a powerful healer. You've mm-hmm. studied many different modalities now 
that just build upon one another and lend towards healing. So, you know, I'd say to any of our listeners listening today, I just know you to be such a professional in your coaching and the way that you honor individuals who come and speak to you. I know this from having almost daily conversations with you. <laughs> it's just that that is it is true holding another in that highest regard and with that potential of being able to deeply transform the experience they're having with themselves first and foremost it's like uh, you are so talented with that so mm. if someone wanted to reach out to you where would they find you well first of all let me say thank you so much for that and you know it's um it's deeply meaningful to me, mm. to the relationship that we have. Um, and also, I know uh, that you see it within me because it exists within you. Mm. Um, so thank you. Um, but, um, but yeah, people can reach me at uh, my email. Um, it's H Langenstein, um, L-A-N-G-E-N-S-T-E-I-N at gmail.com. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks so much for being here today. I want to say thank you to our listeners. If there's something that resonated or lifted you up today, please head over to iTunes and give a review. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Mystical Sisterhood. If you like what you heard, please visit iTunes or wherever you listen to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And I'd be so honored if you have time to leave a review. To find out more about my work, visit www.maureenspielman.com and download the five daily practices I can't live without. See you in the next episode.